Well, it uh, is 2023, and I prepared this message for last week, and then how do we get 2023 started with COVID? Okay, Becky and I both uh, had it, and uh, it's like, this is my first time for me, and uh, wasn't all that bad, though at one point I had 103.7 fever, and that didn't last a whole long time, very long, but uh, that was enough to, to like get my attention, let's put it that way. But uh, can you believe it? Here we are already in a new year, and somebody said, new year? I was just getting ready or used to the old one, and here we are. And uh, so as we think about the new year, I particularly want to put up two words here that are going to represent and uh, characterize this congregation and some of our efforts and our projects and certainly capture our values our, uh, as, a, as a church, and that is to live generously. And, I, and of course that means financially, but a whole lot more than that. That means lives that are turned toward other people just as God has turned himself to us again and again with grace and mercy. This is the disposition of our heart and our life toward one another as a congregation and toward those who are on the outside. So I hope that that, uh, that theme freely you have received, freely give, can just capture your heart. You'll be praying about that as a spirit through, with, with which you can go into each day, and we'll do that together as a congregation. Now, next week, uh, we're going to have our uh, budget uh, as, long, as well as some vision presentation for, for 2023, and uh, I am actually going to be in Nashville speaking, so just give you a heads up on that, and uh, we're going to be down preaching at the Donaldson Church of Christ in, in Nashville next week, but uh, Dave and Brett are going to be leading us uh, in uh, next week's message. You see, as we've been going through the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' ministry is so impressive. He's been doing the healings. We just read about all these good things that he was, he was doing, offering this fresh, insightful teaching that was rooted in the Old Testament, but, but brought through his own filter of how he saw the world blessed by this input from his Father as it pertained to the kingdom of God. And, 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 and his teaching and the healings and the miracles were surprising and amazing, the crowds. And so the word about him was spreading far and wide. And remember where we left off before our, our Christmas series, that he had raised a widow's son and he was given, uh, Jesus was given high praise and our text says that they were all filled with awe and praised God. And a great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help us, help his people. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Okay, I mean, the, the word was, uh, we might say it this way, in a little bit more common vernacular. Jesus was on a roll. Okay, and his ministry was producing conversations, and uh, we talk about uh, social media and viral, something going viral today. Well, in a sense, this is what was happening with the ministry of Jesus. There was awe and praise, and this feeling and goodwill, it was about change, it was about optimism, it was about hope. 
However, if there's one thing I've learned over the years in local ministry, even when the majority are synced up and are feeling pretty good and happy, somebody is upset and just isn't feeling it for some reason. And I understand faith isn't easy for everyone and certainly not for everyone at the same time. So that's why this story today is so valuable for us. Because sandwiched between these amazing, powerful, almost unexplainable stories and acts of mercy and goodness coming from the Savior, we have this story about John the Baptist. Jesus' cousin that he knew since the womb. And you might remember his profound and timely ministry, that is John's, of repentance down by the River Jordan, calling people to get ready for the Messiah, Jesus, to clean up their hearts, to clean up their lives, to rethink their values, to be baptized in preparation for this Messiah. And you might even remember in our text that John baptizes Jesus and helps inaugurate him into his ministry. Think about all the right ideas John had that are noted in our Bibles. I must become less so he can become more. I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. You must follow him instead of me. Earlier in the Gospel of John, Jesus heard, uh, or John heard the voice of God and proclaimed that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'm just trying to point out how John had gotten so much right, and he was strong, and, and he, he seems to have this humility about him. And uh, he doesn't seem to be overreaching or caught up with himself in, in spite of all the traction that his ministry had gained. He is this model of this great human being according to what Kara just read, Jesus himself. Well, John gets locked up in prison, and he does because he confronts Herod the Tetrarch. And while Herod was fascinated by John, and he was struck by John's popularity, he didn't care much for John's prophetic message of repentance because John publicly announced Herod's current marriage unlawful. And Herod had divorced his first wife to marry Herodias, who had been married to his brother Philip, some complicated family dynamics. And to make it even more complicated, Herodias, the niece then of both men. So Herod puts John in prison. Days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months. And John has a lot of time to think, to review his life. And he knew that he stood in the tradition of the prophets. And he might have recalled from the Old Testament how Samuel had confronted King Saul 
And he recalled how Nathan had confronted King David. And he might have remembered how Elijah had confronted King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. And then he noticed something. All of the prophets that spoke out and then experienced the Lord's protection. But John, he suffered for what was right, and he was not delivered. He was stuck in a jail cell. What was John expecting? Did he have just a stiff upper upper lip, knowing that truth requires a price and a sacrifice to be paid? Possibly he was expecting to be released. Maybe he was expecting Jesus himself, the Messiah of God, to raid the prison. If he was king and savior, come and get him. Doesn't seem like that would have been an unreasonable expectation. For one, as I pointed out earlier, God had often rescued the prophets. Two, John was family. Three, John had done the hard work of preparation of Jesus' ministry. Four, a key part of Jesus' gospel mission. Remember from Luke chapter 4, Isaiah 61, we read about it a few weeks ago, was to set the captives free. It prompts what may be the most remarkable question in the Gospels. Are you the Messiah? Or should we look for someone else? What is Jesus thinking about John? How could John possibly ask this? What can John not see that he should see? What can he not see right now from a prison cell? What does John not understand? What did he expect from a Messiah? Or what did he expect for himself? Did John feel for Jesus knowing that John's desire was to be a herald of the Messiah, not to be silenced in prison? It's worthy of some reflection. And Jesus sends a message back to John. Jeremy referenced it already, and Kara read it. He replied to his messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The good news is proclaimed to the poor. And then he says, Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. In Jesus' response that he sent back to John, he compiles three passages 
from Isaiah the prophet. And these words are to reassure, as they were written in the original context in Isaiah, to reassure the people of Isaiah's generation that a time of the Messiah will come to our people. Jesus takes those on and says, I'm living out those words from Isaiah's day. But it raises a great question. What happens when your expectations of God go unmet? Jesus reminds, I'm the Messiah. We're the generation that Isaiah anticipates and all these good things happen. In fact, This John, he reminds the messengers, though I don't know that John got to hear it. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. All right, so let's think about it for just a moment. What do we make of this story? We know John's reaction to Jesus' words. And we know the eventual outcome. How would you write the ending? Well, John stayed in prison. John was beheaded by Herod. And I think for those of us who are thinking seriously about our faith, It raises about a hundred questions about faith, about God, about our lives. Well, for John, was my life and ministry a waste? Or as Jesus said, was I the greatest man that ever lived? With all the preparation for Jesus that John did, was he the one who was then unprepared? And how about Jesus? He tells of many who are healed, and that's interesting, but who of all the people in Israel who deserved to be relieved of suffering more than John? And here's the thing. If you can heal a centurion's servant from a great distance... If you can stop a funeral procession and touch a dead body and raise it from the dead, then why doesn't he do something about John? With a tiny word, he could have demolished the prison 
doors and blown them wide open. And he did not. Maybe the biggest difficulty with John's question, however, is with the last statement. He says this, or should we look for someone else? That's haunting. And maybe even an implied threat. Depending on how one might read it. In other words, if you fail to answer our questions the way I think you should, we will look for someone else to be the Messiah. Or to put it in its most crass form, or more crassly, I should say, John was saying to Jesus, put up or shut up. Enough of the way you have been operating. Identify yourself as the Messiah and get on with the program of judgment and of arranging for my release or we'll find another Messiah. Is that reading too much into the story? Now, the danger for us as we layer our expectations upon a new year, and I know I certainly tend to do this, is there is the way we think life should go and the way life goes. I think we might have a slide on that, don't we? I need you to think about that one. And what happens in the tension makes all the difference. In other words, it prompts the question, what happens when your expectations of God go unmet? And I think There's probably a portion of us at any point in time, if we're honest, we feel a certain fear that Jesus is going to fail us. And John's story prevents Jesus' story from being a feel-good Disney drama. The kingdom of God refuses the equation that when we do right, we get rewarded. If we put in A, we put in B, that we'll get C. And I think that if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves disappointed with God. And maybe that's not even the audience that's here so much this morning as the audience that's not here any longer. 
But in that tension, our faith is challenged because it can turn for good or it can move us to confusion and doubt. I want you to notice one more thing, though, and we'll be finished. Jesus does, in fact, send a word to John. It may not have been the word that John was hoping or expecting, but it wasn't as if he remained, Jesus remained silent. There was this lifeline, this statement of warning, of truth, of trust, and it was, in a sense, a blessing given to John that goes out to all of us who might feel disappointed or let down or trapped or in a situation right now where there is no solution or none that you can see. And Jesus tells John, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Some translations, blessed is he who does not fall away. Or blessed is he who does not come to ruin on account of me. So I invite you as we plow into a new year of faith, even if God isn't as you thought that He was or should be, that you'll think about your faith. Come on up, Jeremy. When your expectations of God go unmet, will you accept His Word? Accept the Word of Jesus refusing to fall away.